Welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LiDAR. I'm Nikita Gridden, Training Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LiDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The Regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. Buckle up and start your engines, because it's time for another installment of Road Trips with Josh France and the VMX. In today's episode, Josh sits down to talk with Sam Hackett, Senior Surveyor and Mobile Mapping Manager at Woods. Woods is an employee-owned multidisciplinary consultancy that provides a wide range of geospatial services with Regal's mobile mapping systems. Can you guess where they're located? Let's find out and join their conversation. Welcome back to our first international edition of Road Trips with Josh and the VMX which can only be found here on Regal's RyeCast. Today's journey takes us off the interstate maps and over to your globes, or copy of Google Earth. That's right, we've headed to the southernmost Polynesian island. I'll give you a second to think that one over. That's right, it's New Zealand. So how did I end up on a long flight over the Pacific Ocean two weeks before Christmas in 2019? Well, the VMX, of course. It arrived a little bit faster and more direct than I did. And as many of you know, we have an official Regal Australia office run by my good colleague, Glenn Blythe, out on the Gold Coast of Australia. Yes, I said Australia, and as the old Austrian joke goes, in Österreich gibt es keine Kangaroos. Or in English, there are no kangaroos in Austria. So Glenn had a great opportunity, and we had a VMX demo system. I eventually arrived in New Zealand in the city of Auckland, so we could get to work with the VMX with our prospective client and now customer, Sam Hackett, who works for Wood. So a little bit more about Wood. Wood is a wholly New Zealand and employee-owned multidisciplinary consultancy. They have been named one of the best employers in Australia and New Zealand back in 2017, and have a 50-year history in the areas of urban design, architecture, engineering, planning, surveying, and geospatial services. They have a lovely modern office in Auckland, New Zealand that I had the pleasure of visiting. In early 2020, Wood made the purchase of a VMQ-1HA, which is adding to their greatly growing experience and demand of their geospatial services. Today, I'm joined by Sam Hackett. He is the Associate Surveyor and Mobile Mapping Manager at Wood. He brings many years of surveying knowledge from former endeavors to this position. I first met Sam at our 2019 training symposium in Orlando. So with no more further ado, Sam, welcome to RyeCast and Road Trips with Josh. Good morning, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. So can you give us a little bit more about your background in surveying and maybe fill us in on some of the uh, unique challenges of New Zealand and Australia? 
Thanks for the question. So I started out in the surveying in very much the beginning of small-scale land development and topographical surveys in a small town in what I later figured out was the ideal tourist town for New Zealand. It's a small town, Kirikiri, in the Bay of Islands. We carried out our day-to-day work for small-scale land development And I found after a number of years, I extended myself as much as the industry uh, gave me opportunity to. So I decided to move across to Australia to jump the ditch, as we say, and look for some larger, more technical challenges, um, which I happened to land into immediately with some large construction work focused with oil and gas and mining challenges. And this was right after the uh, GFC period. So a lot of the Western economy was in a bit of a lull, but the Australian mining and minerals boom and the energy boom was really going full speed ahead. There's a massive shortage of skilled professionals, and it was very easy to find work and to find those challenges. And so that has really helped me to develop a lot of those geospatial focused skills in the survey side, and it's helped me to diversify all the the different types of technology I was able to become involved with. And that's where I started off with the mobile laser scanning as well, Um, when we mix that into corridor mapping projects and motorway mapping projects. Um, And so it, it, it meant that after five years in Australia, I could come back to New Zealand Um, which I did uh, for my own reasons at the time. But I brought back a lot of uh, diverse skills that I'd picked up along the way. That's uh, really interesting. And I've got to say, I think Australians and New Zealanders have some of the best phraseology out there. The phrase jump the ditch is truly unique. And I know you guys have a lot of other interesting phrases that uh, we're just not used to over here in the States, but uh, always makes speaking with you a pleasure. And you certainly have some great survey experience. It was great to see the slight differences in your approach to problems from surveyors on this side of the pond, so to say. And uh, that made it a real fun week to get into the weeds a bit more of the VMX system, as well as our post-processing software. So now that you're up and running with the VMQ, what are some exciting projects you can share with us that you're working on in New Zealand for wood? Yeah, so now we're up and running with the VMQ. We've, we've carried forward some of those technical workflows that we were working with with the VMX. And we've continued with, with the VMX. We're working in the railway environment, which is, needless to say, very challenging. It, it's the most challenging environment I've worked on in terms of safe access. Um, When we have a a commuter train running every 10 to 15 minutes, there's almost zero track access time for the entire survey project. Yeah. So, yeah, that that has been a super challenge where being able to have the technology of the VMX and the VMQ in a mobile survey system means that when we only have three to four hours of track access in a week um, at at say midnight or 2 a.m. in the morning when the commuter trains have finished for the week, um, we get to really maximize what we can achieve in those three or four hours. 
but that's where the efficiency of the technology really um, plays to its strength when the access and the safety is so paramount and such a massive logistical issue for planning the project. Yeah, that's very true. You know, a real project that's 10 or 20 miles sounds to the, to the layperson to be relatively easy because you just get on the tracks and go because that's what you do with highway. So it has to be the same, right? And it's always the case of having a good plan of access and a good rail partner that allows you to be able to be successful in that endeavor. So I just want to dive a little bit into uh, maybe for our listeners out there who aren't sure of the major differences between the VMX and the VMQ, other than a single head system and a dual head system or uh, two scanners versus one scanner. Um, how do you see the, uh, the successes of each system or the, the strengths, let's say? It's a good one with the opportunity of using both, which I've really valued and I've worked side-by-side data from both different systems in almost identical project types on the road and on the rail. So I've found that the VMQ's multi-scan coverage gives us some advantages when we're doing our mobile uh, multi-pass matching and we're doing um, our matching onto ground control targets and things like that. We're having multiple scan angles on the same trajectory line allows us to have more control over that trajectory line with less effort put into our ground control types of work. The VMX is, um, I guess we have the advantage where there's a bit less data volume and with all of our projects that are survey grade and we need to qu quantify and certify the accuracies of our products, we need multiple pass matching in every case. And so that's where we may need to drive four passes or six passes over that route to, to get the multiple trajectories that allow us to qualify what accuracies we're achieving. And if we need to do four or six passes anyway, then we end up getting a lot of, I guess we say redundant data with the VMX. When we've got the two scan heads running, we could be running up to 2 million points per second. That's a lot of data. And it's not that it's too heavy data, it's just becomes unnecessary data. So if someone does want super intense data, it's, it doesn't become too heavy data. Because I would have to say that the imagery is the more heavy data in terms of how quick the data racks up on, on your hard drive and your processing workflows later. Yeah. So I found that the VMX with, we could do, do our processing workflows and produce a product from a single or a pair of passes out of our final product. And the coverage and the data density would be very consistent and very reliable from built from a pass in each direction. So that, that's been... Um, has been what seems like very light data compared to some of the other types of mapper systems that, that I've used with their workflows. Sure. But very consistent, very thorough data. So it's it's been a perfect balance taking that approach. And if we look at calibration between laser scanners on the VMX, we have the full ability in the system to, to tweak those with uh, maths how we need to. I say one of the beauties of having and a reason why we've chosen the Regal system overall is that 
it's the scanner that comes from the manufacturer and the software comes from the same manufacturer. It's all the one from Regal. And therefore, we get to get our fingers in and get them dirty more than if we intermingle software and hardware from, from different suppliers. The, the VMQ, we've found that while it's, we have the disadvantage that we might need to break a project into two captures in order to change the rotation angle, we do, however, get to choose what rotation angle, and we are enjoying that, that we can run at a 45-degree we can run at a zero degree rotation angle or any of the ones in between. And we're finding that um, that is giving us, I guess, a wee bit more flexibility in some of those hard to reach places. Don't want to sound like a toothbrush commercial with, with, <laughs> with we can get into those hard to reach places, but it's where when we're at a 45 degree angle, we, we get a little bit more advantage of point density coverage on types of features that we might use for chainage control along the trajectory. Yep. And as opposed to, um, with say, a zero or a 15 degree angle, we might have less advantage of that, but we might have more advantage of other things like seeing between parked cars and things like that. So we get to, to play with the angle options depending on the project. And so we are enjoying that flexibility as well. Well, very good. That was very thorough. Thank you very much for the, uh, the analysis. If I could uh, jump off a script a little bit here and ask you to uh, talk a little bit about cameras. You did mention the data size. I believe you're using the uh, Ladybug 5 Plus. Yeah, the Ladybug 5 Plus, which has been married in beautifully with the system so it's a seamless integration and it just works directly with the the capture software um it's i've used earlier versions of the ladybug on on other mobile systems and i'd have to say the five plus is a good step ahead of any of the other units i've used so the processing workflows being they're fully integrated within the regal software and that again is nice and seamless in our training requirements for our technical people and we don't need to we have the ability to go into the ladybug focused software and do post-processing if we want we're familiar with those workflows from the past but we haven't needed to touch on that yet and it seems that the performance of the camera on its fairly automated settings mm-hmm. i don't envisage that we should need to touch its automatic workflow settings for any project i have in mind at the moment well let's do a podcast first here and give you a software news break so i've been messing around with the ladybug uh, software and talking with Fleer, and uh, they have just released a version that uses gpu processing on the debiring method, so the creation of JPEG conversion. Mm-hmm. So that's now available in the latest release. And even better news, it seems to work without a new version of RyProcess. So I was able to take a file and shave a minute off the previous best time I had recorded with it on creating JPEGs. And then maybe this is not news to you, but it was newish to me. But if you change the debuyer method to HQ linear in the Ladybug image converter settings, you can drastically reduce the time it takes to process a file through by about 50%. Do we have the compression settings option in, in that same interface? I can't remember. Yeah, that's where the JPEG quality is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, um, and then the parallel thread count, I only got it to be faster if I made it 80. If I made it more than that, nothing changed. Okay. Well, it slowed it down a bit, I should say. Yeah, interesting. So that's a Josh mobile scanning settings news upright. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, talk about data fusion. It's always a fun topic. Uh, it's like the guaranteed conference paper topic that will get you to present in front of any audience worldwide. You see data fusion, they're all in every time. So one of the things we worked on when I was down there was a little bit of using TLS scans. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we sure can. The data fusion, it is a fun topic and so many people are approaching to achieve slightly different outcomes or sometimes the same outcomes and they're approaching things slightly different ways. So I always love to watch any presentation on that and i remember when um when i was in florida uh, last year when when we had the symposium there was some great talks on that which i thought was some great examples with the uav integrated as well so with the data fusion just just in in the broader picture we're in new zealand we're quite blessed with a lot of publicly funded aerial lidar projects so we have a lot of airborne LiDAR as well that we can integrate with our um, mobile and terrestrial capture projects and end up with some very large scale and usually quite reliable ground surfaces and feature capture. So with the TLS, the terrestrial laser scanning, sometimes in our challenging capture environments, and the rail is a great example where the terrestrial laser scanning lets us capture a lot of detail over a very small area, we might be talking uh, 50 or 100 meters, but it allows us to reliably and precisely capture that information and gives us information, therefore, that it can be the control basis for the mobile survey, because the mobile system on its own, we can't quantify to the accuracies that we need for, for most of our clients' tasks. By using the terrestrial laser scanning, we're able to pull out points and planes um, and uh, derive those from intersections of, of surface features and things like that and, and carry that data forward into the regal processing software. So it's much the same, I guess, as most of the other control concepts, except that we're um, simply extracting data more like the way the Regal software thinks about it, where if we're extracting a plane from terrestrial data, we're feeding a plane into the Regal software. And it's a lot closer to, I think, to a pure data fusion where if we are putting a terrestrial point cloud with a mobile point cloud and getting the two to mix together and have a happy relationship. Yeah. So that's the way we've seen there. One of the things that has always been sort of one of the drivers for myself within the geospatial industry has been achieving accuracy standards and quantifying what we've achieved um, to meet our client standards. But it, over my career, it's become more and more challenging environments. So as long as we've done our, our work properly controlling the terrestrial scan data, getting that to match onto the mobile scan data, there are sort of, there's, there's potentially things to watch for in some of the workflows that we, we're trying to work for, and we can easily screw them up. They're very much um, 
dependent on a technical operator understanding what he's doing and understanding how the software thinks. And, and we like to think that we're getting to that point where, where we really understand how the software thinks. Um, but the, the, back, the thing in the background that really makes me happy with a plain type solution or anything that is a form-fitted solution is that you're using algorithms and computers and maths to, to downsample to simple objects, but you're using it from such a point density and point count that it becomes reliable with confidence because anything that's mismatched becomes an outlier or rejected from the form-fitting process. Yeah, that's always been the challenge in uh, control point selection is how you do it accurately and consistently. And it's great that you have a guy that can do it, but when that guy's not available or he's having an off day, oh, it's, uh, it gets dicey to uh, depend upon that. So I, we've definitely been trending towards making things more automated, whether it's our control type surfaces that it's recognized in the software or using some planar patches from other softwares uh, has been a really great tool. And Sam, I have to say, you're one of the first to pioneer the methodology of doing it uh, your way, of course. And uh, it was great to see that sort of come together in a very compressed time scale from start to finish. I was very pleased that our software was up to the task of, of meeting your expectations. I'm a little bit surprised in a way that some other clients perhaps haven't tried to leverage some of those types of approaches within the software because I see that it's sort of a simplified cloud to cloud is what we're achieving sure. for that localized part. And in the future, we can see that a pure cloud to cloud control type approach is probably where many software are leading towards. So in some way, I see that we're just halfway there already. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. And I might have to say from the future, as uh, I can't pass this up to mention that Auckland is a full 16 hours ahead of the US East Coast. So it's uh, already Friday. So I don't wanna keep you too much longer here so you can get your day wrapped up. But thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Josh. It's been my pleasure. And um, I'm hoping that you can come to visit New Zealand again sometime and, and we can um, do another a tour with the VMQ. Maybe you'll bring a VMX again. Maybe. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us on this Road Trips with Josh and the VMX. There's definitely a lot to see in the world, and there are many places in which to go to see it. And sometimes work takes us to fantastically exciting places, and sometimes you don't think that they're exciting until you get out of the car or get off the plane and explore it further. So once again, thank you for joining us. Take care of one another and be well. Thanks, Josh. And special thanks to Sam Hackett for joining us from across the world for today's RyeCast. The VMQ1HA and VMX2HA are both high-speed and high-performance mobile systems, which provide dense, accurate, and feature-rich data at highway speeds. And if you're impressed with the system's hardware, just wait until you see the point cloud, generated in Regal's post-processing software suite. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our RyeCast anywhere you listen to podcasts, and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, 
Have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Nikita signing off.